Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Oh, Frick. I got a buddy who struggles with that shot a lot. His name's Frankie Borelli. So the guys actually gave him a nickname of Butter Knives because he, <laughs> he always knifes it across the green. Nice to be here, boys. Congratulations on all that you're doing, as, as, as mediocre as it is. You broke 100. Yeah, now you got to break 90. We appreciate what you guys do for golf. It's been really cool. Thank you. Man. You're making it cool. We appreciate it. After watching this year, I'm very much thinking about getting spinal fusion surgery. <laughs> Skip that. I was like, hey, Phil, you owe me fucking $29.99. And he grabs 100 He's like, yeah, I won 90000 of these yesterday. Oh, he goes, my God. He goes, Take 100 and go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? What do you guys think about? Um, this ain't a hobby. Four play brought to you by Barstool Sports, presented by the great American car company, Chevrolet. What a great time to be American. We're going to get to that. I have, fellas, I have a very tasty outline. I, I, I was going through this morning. I actually requested a 30-minute delay on this podcast because there was so much going on that I was accumulating into our outline. I'm going to start by saying uh, uh, the beloved Trent Ryan is in the air right now, so he can't be on the show, which is a little bit tough because I think he's actually the only person on the show that people like. Just generally like <laughs> just generally yeah, overall net and net positivity so, rating above 50. So it sucks that our one guy that people really truly like is not here. So it could be interesting. So it's the first ever Frankie Briggs, Dan Rappaport show outline. Let me hit click. you with this outline. How many people just want to click? Nope. I'll try again uh, Thursday. <laughs> Let me hit you with this outline. You ready for this? I got it. Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, COVID-19 at St. Andrews. I got people being mean about my Thanksgiving Day plate. I got Dan Rappaport pronouncing melon hats, melon, in a serious tone. I got Cam Smith winning. <laughs> no, he didn't. I got Tiger Woods and Charlie playing in the PNC. Yeah, he did. Dead serious. I got uh, Hero World Challenge. Dan Rappaport's going to be at the Hero World Challenge. We got USA-Iran in a game that if we just win, we advance. And we're going to talk, obviously, about more World Cup. And USA England, which was great. I got the 13th old Augusta National has been lengthened. I got PIP results. I got Christmas season. It's now just mm-hmm. Christmas season. I got a reminder that we got Web Sense in the last show. So if you didn't listen to that, listen to that. And we got Harris English next week. We got a lot of shit to get to. And obviously, what we can't forget to get to is a bunch of from the galleries at the end. So we got a big show here. That is a big show. That's a that's a long list, a longer list than we have usually during the height of the PGA Tour season. So that is good to see that we can get to some to- uh, talking points today. Why didn't they just spell it M E L L I N if they wanted to make it like really clear that it's Melon? Melon? You I mean it's not it's not M E L U N or it's M E L I N. Dude, you make me think a lot of the um 
the radio host in Joe Dirt when he's like, is it Joe Dirte? And he's like, is Joe Dirt? Don't church it up, son. That's like, you feel like you, you're just looking at it. It's so obviously just melon. And you're like, me, Lynn? And I, boy, I don't <laughs> Well, you get like a hard on for pronouncing things. Correctly. I do like pronunciation. I'm a big pronunciation guy. So this is kind of this is kind of damaging to the brand. It was very funny. I I loved it. I thought you know yeah. When I saw it, I was like me Milan, and I was looking at it, being like, do I see Milan in there? I couldn't couldn't quite I, get to it. I posted a video of me talking about the Milan hats, and Pilar, who's one of our great our great merch uh, people, was like just responded with Danny dot dot dot. I didn't know what she was referring to, but now I think I I know what she was talking about. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, no, I I um I loved that. I put that on my list. But yeah, we got we got um um much to get to. I will start with how it was everyone's Thanksgivings. Mine was fantastic. I was in St. Louis. The kids, the nephew and the niece are getting older. Seeing the uh, the day ones, the OGs, all my pals. Thanksgiving's great. I love it. People were mean to me on the internet about my plate that I posted, but other than that, very great great week back home. Yeah, it was a fantastic uh, time to be, you know, around family. I feel like the last couple of years was weird with COVID and you really didn't get a chance. It felt like everyone was getting COVID at Thanksgiving last year and the year before that. It definitely flared up. So it was nice to just have everyone together, a bunch of people smoking cigars, you know, sitting by a Ooh. fire, singing karaoke. You know, I, I love that shit. I also love hosting now. So like I had a bunch of my friends over the last couple of days. It's just like a never ending that the door is just constantly revolving. It's basically like one of those city revolving doors. People are just walking in, walking out, walking in, walking out. Big Rob you, pissing all over the floor and shit. Guy can't hit a toilet if his life depended on it. It's crazy. <laughs> Literally you like went in the bathroom with a fucking towel. It's just like, Rob, how do you not see the toilet? It's insanity. Mm. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Riggs, you mentioned how good of a time it is to be an American. I wonder if other countries have this this time period because, like, at at any point throughout throughout their year, because this is this is a week where after Thursday, you're basically your only obligation is to have fun and to see your friends. So, I think it's is, the best week of the year. Is Canadian Thanksgiving legit, or is that just they just did they piggybacked off of ours? Or is that like a big thing? I, it does. I don't think it's a, Emma. One of Emma's best friends is Canadian. She wasn't going home or anything, so I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's like a, a tried and true Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I, I, I was thinking about uh, amazingly when they were uh, there were like soccer games on Thursday in the World Cup, and I was like, oh, they're playing soccer games on Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, they don't care. Like, why would they care? They're just yeah. in Qatar around around the world. Yeah. No turkey. Um, no turkey being consumed in Qatar. No, I don't, I don't think they were that crazy. Shout out to Donnie and PFT and Michelangelo who were out there in Qatar. Uh, must follow stuff. Those guys going over there. I love the video of PFT getting into it with somebody about like defending fullbacks or like something, something along those lines at three in the morning over there. Uh, World Cup's great. I don't know how people shit on it. World Cup's fascinating. There's been so many upsets now too, which I, is that normal? Are there normally giant? upsets it's, like it's been a little frequently. chaotic this year it's been a little chaotic I'm seeing this year. like I think, fucking yeah. eight to one underdogs just winning games 
Yeah, Argentina, I think Argentina, Saudi Arabia was like straight up like a 16 over a one. That's that's like arguably the biggest upset in World Cup history. Saudi Arabia has like no soccer history. Argentina, obviously, Messi, Maradona. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's been a little a little more chaotic than it has in past years, which I think really appeals to, you know, the casual fan. They, they don't want to see the same teams winning every single time. Is there anyone so on a bigger heater than Saudi Arabia right now? I mean, those guys. Big year. Talk about and now they just offered Ronaldo like seventy-five million dollars a year to in his new contract. And if he takes that, it's over. Like the whole thing's over. They just own sports. They're, they're talking coming. about them every single day. I haven't talked they about got Saudi a lot of Arabia. Momentum. They got a lot of momentum right now. My whole life. Twenty-six years I didn't talk about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Did you see like... that they were they were every player on the team is getting a Rolls Royce for, uh because they beat Argentina, every player on the team is getting Rolls Royce. How fun does it have to be to be the guy in control of Saudi Arabian funds? Because you can just be like, "Yeah, you want to, you want fifty million? I got you, big boy." Like, yeah, that, it's not an object. I too, it's a little bit. Um, it's a it, the, these situations are always weird, similar to the Russia stuff, where people look at like the Saudi Arabian soccer team and stuff, and we're all trained like we're supposed to hate the Saudi Arabian regime, and then. Some people equate that to the team as well, but in reality, it's like the reason we hate the regime is because they treat the people like the guys that are on the soccer team and all of their family and friends like shit. So really, like when they win, I am rooting for them. I'm like, oh yeah, those guys are like, they have a really shitty regime that just doesn't let them live free and like normal people. That stinks. Good for them. They got to win. But then it's like, oh, you're rooting for Saudi Arabia. We're supposed to hate Saudi Arabia. So it's a little bit like, I feel that way with like Russian troops sometimes where it's like they're this horrific, awful, you know, the Putin and the whole deal. But you're like, well, they're just going around Russia, putting people on buses, strapping fucking armor onto them with a gun and sending them in there. So it's like I felt that way a little bit about the Saudi or the, yeah, the Saudi football team seeing those celebrations and like the videos that were coming out from Saudi Arabia, the guy that pulled the door off his fucking hinges all time stuff. I was I didn't see that coming. You never like you only get Western world celebrations really like people that look like us come from our culture like that's kind of just what we see and seeing saudi arabian folks going crazy was it was it was amazing so the guy shooting the ak-47 <laughs> in the air i was gonna say they're, they're dead sober so they got to get creative with the with the <laughs> celebrations i mean we should hate saudi arabia there's obviously every every reasoning under the sun for hating saudi arabia it's just crazy to see how much momentum they have gained in their goal to sports wash their their culture and like what they do it's it's been fucking ridiculous and i know that i like to harp on like the guys that always keep talking about like the brandles and all these guys it's like they're winning they definitely like the the saudi arabia is winning like they are the scumbags that concocted fucking 9-11 and like finance all the like the worst shit that's ever happened in our lifetime in america it's like we should fucking despise those people but they're just in our world right now i don't know what the fuck's happening i cannot I'm believe kinda, saudi arabia is doing this i'm kind of with Riggs though because I, I think you're right Riggs. like I, I hate the government i don't like the government i think the government's very very they're bad, maybe but the worst in the world it's like they maybe made, the worst maybe they're worst. really bad they're it's bad. sort of the same thing with iran who who we play uh today if you're listening to this on tuesday um they didn't sing the national anthem, and and their their uh, captain came out and was like, "Listen, we're we're in solidarity with our people." I, I I think that there's a lot of bravery, and I think you're right, Riggs. You can't hold the government's sins against against the players. That's what they they want to divide us, right? That's what they want. They want us to not like them. But it's weird because like I want I want those players to be happy because of everything we're saying. But if they're happy, that means. 
the people behind them pulling the strings are mm-hmm. also going to be happy. I don't want them to be happy. So, I want so you, them want, to be sad. you want them to lose so that the government's sad? I don't know. I'm mixed. I'm fucking mixed watching Saudi Arabia play soccer, dude. I don't, I don't know what I want. I just don't know what I want. Um, but yeah, USA, what a tie against England. I Huge. thought we looked pretty fucking good. I didn't oh, think was... we got dominated. Like I thought watching the game, we hit the crossbar. I, we out pen, or we out corner kicked them like seven to fucking three. Felt like in that second half, we were all over those motherfuckers for like 15 minutes straight. Um, I wouldn't say we dominated the game, but as a very once every four to eight years tune in guy to soccer, I thought we looked pretty comparable to those motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't watch enough soccer to realize like what domination is. I mean, obviously, when a team like Spain or whatever puts up six, seven goals, you're just like, that's domination. But I thought they definitely possessed the ball more than I ever anticipated them doing. And then when you get all those, I think it was towards the end of the game, they had like four or five corners in a row. That to me reminded me of like a team in hockey getting like multiple power plays. And then it's like, all right, after you've seen the first one, you now like, like it should get easier, right? Like they should have scored after that many in a row. Or is that, is that like stupid to say? Like when you get that no, many chances, I, aren't you getting a feel for it at that point? Yeah, but I think it, I think it goes the other way too with the defense. Like the defense sees what sees because uh, corner kicks are all plays. They're okay. all very like they're concepts. They're basically set plays. And so I think once the defense sees, sees it, it's like a pitcher, you know, or a batter sees a pit. Like you start to kind of realize what they're like coming with. Third time around the road. Yeah, but yeah. you guys are you guys are spot on. Like it, domination in soccer is a feeling, and it's a feeling of we we need this game to end because there's there's only one team that's going to score here, and it's and that wasn't the case at all. You guys were totally right. It was a, kind of like us against Wales. It was like we dominated the first half, and that second half you could just feel like holy fuck, we need this clock to hit 90, yeah. and it just wouldn't get to 90, and then they fucking scored. But, yeah, I kept waiting for all those corners. I kept waiting for, like, when you're playing FIFA, and if you just get three or four corners in a row, the game algorithm just eventually lets you just win a header and you just score. And I was like, when are they? I mean, at some point, the algorithm has to just let us score. We just kept fucking kicking corner kicks. So um, go USA. Now we're in a hilarious position with all the geopolitical implications and everything where we just are playing Iran. And if we just defeat Iran on the pitch, we advance. And if we yeah. don't, we ain't looking good. There's going to be some nasty, nasty things said in pubs across America <laughs> on Tuesday. No, oh, gonna, for sure. I just don't want to lose also that a, game. It's a must because people win. are yes, people are going to get. There's going to be some people who say things that they probably shouldn't say if we lose that game on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, yep. just for your country and pride and just everything that's happened over the last year, like many, many years, you have to win this game. Sport. The origination of sport, if you want to go back to the Greek days, that's what this yes. was. Like, who yes. is like the stronger man? Who is the stronger, um, you know, location and, and city? This is what we have to do. We have to put our best athletes against Iran's best athletes and beat them. That's what we have to do. Simple concept. We just, our soccer team, who has gotten, I would say, shit on by our own sports fandom collectively for decades. This is a must win. And it's kind yeah. of a it's a tough situation because if they if they win, we're like, oh yeah, of course we just won. We beat Iran. No bro. If they lose, I mean, we wow. folks like me, I'm gonna turn on USA soccer for a long time. That's what I say. It's like kind of a must win for the entire sport. Like if yeah. we if we don't beat Iran or Iran, sorry, big big pronunciation guy. If we don't beat Iran, then for the next four Iran. years, all it's gonna be like is like we we couldn't even make the World Cup, then we lost to Iran. So I think it's a big moment for soccer in this country, for people like you guys. If if because the next four years are gonna be like, oh, soccer's a friggin' joke. 
They got to win. They don't fucking win. I'm out. That's pretty much it. So Tuesday, that's coming up today. Weird. We're recording on Sunday. We got all kinds of shit going on. Fucking D-Raps flying to the Bahamas for the Hero World Challenge. That is true. Very excited. Unbelievable field coming from Chicago to Bahamas, which is a pretty big upgrade weather-wise. Great field. Tiger Woods is playing golf. So actually, when this show comes out, we're going to be just a couple days away from Eldrick Tiger Woods, Taunt Woods, playing golf. On television, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How fucking exciting is that? I saw, too, if he just finishes the tournament, basically, he he climbs like a billion places in the world rankings. This world rankings thing is, is really rich, just given, <laughs> like you said, Frankie, what's going on the last year in sports. Like the fact that he's going to get world ranking points for inviting himself to his own tournament. And if he finished, if he shoots 78 four times, there's no cut. He gets like a lot of world ranking points. Wow. Deserved. I would say Tiger Woods, yes. if there's anyone that can just do that. Invent your own tournament. You got like seven people in the field and you just get a thousand world ranking points and you climb ahead of everyone that's been grinding for the last decade. Tiger Woods should be allowed to do that. So I love it. Huge field. You're going to be there, D-Rap. Um, you, I mean, what, what do we what do we expect? You just kind of a C and B scene or you kind of what are we going to get from our our. Um, golf reporter boots on the ground yeah we're gonna get a little obviously a little cnbc and see the boys get some facetime we're gonna be writing every day we're gonna be analyzing the fuck out of tiger we're gonna be making videos we have two sit down interviews with wow i'll just leave it this way we have two sit down interviews with major champions i'll just leave wow. it at that for mm-hmm. for down the road um and, and it's gonna be a little bit different i think one of them is gonna be kind of a more um normal interview podcast interview what you're kind of used to hearing one of them is uh we're trying something out so we're excited about that. We got a sit-down interview with some major champions. And uh, we're going to hang in the Bahamas from Monday. I'll be back on Friday. Don't need to stay the weekend. I'm doing, trying this new thing. I used to stay at golf tournaments like the whole week. Um, and we would talk about this a lot, Riggs, where you would leave on like Thursday or Friday because it's like I've seen the guys now that are in autopilot mode. They're going to play their tournament. These guys get so robotic and professional once the tournament starts that it's almost like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's just not that much that I'm going to get from actually being there, which sounds kind of silly to say, cause that's when the actual tournament is, but it's just the way that it is. It's like, it's much more valuable to go early in the week. So I'll be there Monday through Friday. Um, and we'll have some good content for you guys. I'm excited. Yeah. We figured that out trial and error as well over the years. And people would be very counterintuitive. They'd be like, no, no, the tournament just started. Why, where, why are you leaving? But people golfers, especially Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they kind of have like, they have they practice and they have their regimen, their routine, the whole deal. But they're also kind of in la la land. They're kind of like floating around. Their schedule's not that set. Whatever you can kind of get them. They're looking to hang. They're kind of looking to do some stuff. Once that tourney starts, they're pretty regimented. This is when their tea times are. This is the time they're going to get up. This is the time they're going to eat. Blah 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 blah. Um, and the uh, tournament tour typically clamps down on stuff, videos, and all that bullshit too. Uh, once tournament play starts, so I, you're right. We figure that out trial and error. Anyways, Dan's going to be there. Going to be great. Let's go. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Um, couple tidbits to hit on. We got Myrtle Beach Travel Series starting Thursday. We're at the Granddaddy, I believe, is what it's called in uh, Myrtle Beach, 6 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Bang! Travel Series is back. Um, and then I I would like to get a live 
tease or something of the Breaking 90 update because I know you guys were down there with a one uh, swing coach, John Tillery, mm-hmm. and you know it was it was I don't know I wasn't poking and prodding because I want to I want to be surprised like everybody else. Yeah, we're back. Breaking nineties back. It was a it was a long two days. There was a lot of work that was done, a lot of work. So I'm talking hands on hips, rotating. We're talking <laughs> hands on ass cheeks, getting real in there. I mean, Tillery was on his knees for at least two straight hours, like touching kneecaps, touching the backs of hamstrings. Trent doesn't rotate, and I think a lot of That's people that determined. watch people that watch uh, Breaking Ninety are gonna be very happy that we went to a mid season just like a refresh recalibration because Trent in his first attempt to break 90 played a really good round. I think he shot 95, which was his best round that he had hit and breaking 100. And it was fresh off coming to Tillery. So like he definitely can retain the information right after coming off of a long lesson like that, which a lot of people struggle with where it's like, I just got a lesson. Now I'm switching my game, but Trent, he actually does soak it up like immediately, but then he's like a jellyfish, a jellyfish. He's like a goldfish, a jellyfish. He's kind of like a jellyfish too. He's like a goldfish. Yeah. He's like a goldfish where he just doesn't remember anything. Like you teach him it, he does it. And then the next round, it's like, why are you still, why are you doing this fast thing? And the way Tillery talks, he's like, you look like someone's trying to tickle your neck. And it's like such a good way to describe someone really uptight with their shoulders. And then like, He's like, and then you do this thing where you just, you go faster than anyone can do anything. Like Trent just like goes back and goes forward as fast as anyone can do anything. And uh, so we really worked on this transition and like to the top, to the bottom, how do we get that on the metronome? Beat, beat, beat. It should be the same speed back as it is forward, but you should also be gaining as much speed as you possibly can as you're hitting the golf ball. How do we get there? So there was a lot of that, and Trent started striping the golf ball, and then we went out and played a round of golf. And Tillery came out with us for, like, I'd say, like, 30% of the round. So it is a must-watch video for sure. You can't give too much away. Trent's playing the best golf he's ever played. That's a fact, regardless of the scores that you guys have seen. The guys – 16 months ago, Trent Ryan shot 125 in his first attempt to break 100. 16 months later, his average is 94 during breaking 90 or 95 quite literally 30 shot improvement right so and i get he plays the most golf in the world he gets all the equipment i get that but golf's really fucking hard and when you do that whole entire progress on video and every shot is calculated by 300,000 400,000 people every single week it wears on you going into georgia trent's like i don't want to do this anymore he legit said to me like in confidence he's not here right now he'd probably be embarrassed but he's like this sucks he's like what, think about when you have a bad round of golf and someone tries to talk to you after it or like oh. it's it's the most embarrassing feeling. You hit a bad shot on the first tee, that hot feeling in your stomach and your chest. And I get we asked for it. We have a fucking series. We're slinging Black Friday merch. We, we're trying to make all you know these moves and stuff. I get it. We're out there in the public, but it still wears on you. There's no there's no denying that it makes you want to like. You could take it two ways, and I actually told this to him. Uh, maybe this is Dr. Brett McCabe rubbing off on me, but I said you could take this two ways. You can either take all the negative criticism and all the people that are rooting you on but also being mean and like they're like critiquing every single part of your game. You could take that and you can either give up, like basically give in, or you can use it as motivation to say, fuck you, I'm going to break 90 and I'm going to be a better golfer than I've ever been. So Trent struggles, I think, with taking the latter part of it. He's just like, fuck you guys. I don't have to play golf. You know what I mean? He's like, I can go back to <laughs> Iowa and just 
My life was fine before foreplay. Yeah, dude, he's legit. Just like. I'll shut you guys this don't shit want down me right to now. do this anymore. I just won't do it anymore. I, you don't. I, no one has a gun to my head. I don't have to hit this golf ball anymore. <laughs> so like that's the funny version of Trent. But like I do think there's a, there's a. I saw it in Georgia. Like once, like Tillery was there because not only now is it on Trent Ryan. This is John Tillery's like reputation, reputation now. Oh yeah, he worked with this guy for two hours each day, four hours the first day, so six hours total. He's like, if this doesn't work, like, what am I, what am I doing? So it's, there's a lot of stuff on Trent, and and Tillery's got some motivation too, you know. Yeah, they all he's he's got to prove we, himself a little bit with Ricky, you know. I mean, it's been hasn't been his favorite, you know, five month period. I think that's fair to say, but we, Trent has belief in him, and it's time for him to to uh, repay that belief. Like the man, he's just the fucking man. His setup down there in Cuscoilla is insane. Drives his golf cart to his little bay. The bay is lit up for Christmas. It's got the Christmas lights, the wreaths. He just hits out into this incredible range. Drives around, goes Cuscoilla is like a resort. I can't believe people live there. Like. They just close the gates and you're just living in a resort. Like there's, it, I think it is actually a resort. People can go there and like vacation there. It's insane. It's an insane place. Um, How much fun were you having at Cusco? I mean, you, cause you got no uh, stress. You're out there shooting 75s. You're yeah, just swinging no away. Stress. Dude, uh, for, dude, the first hole, I mean, teasing for me, the first hole, uh, when we went to go break 90, I hit like a bomb drive because I was just absolutely crushing the golf ball next to Trent. It always is a better feeling when someone's struggling next to you, getting like a lesson like that. And I'm on the right and like I would smoke a drive and Tillery's like, Frankie's over here flushing the golf ball. And I was just like, yeah, I don't need any help, JT. I'm fine over here. Everything's good. He's like, you're just like crushing. So I had a lot of confidence going in. I hit a drive so far on the first hole that it actually went into a bunker that we didn't think was reachable. And then I nipped like a 90 yard wedge to like right behind the hole and like zipped back i'm like things are happening over here for me because now i'm fucking dialed in trent's literally thinking about canceling his like professional life and you're out there on <laughs> yeah. fucking thanksgiving vacation striping yeah. it around yeah no it was great and it was also man tillery saw but i was holding a club the whole time i'm sitting in the background of a four-hour lesson just grabbing a club and kind of oh. like moving it around i couldn't hit any balls like he only had the one bay open the other bay was being used so i was like Every time Trent went to a grab of water, I'm like, let me get on that that plate, that left foot plate. Let me see where my let me see where my weight distribution's at. It was crazy. So is John was he on the course like giving uh tips while Trent was no. playing, or was he kind of just observing? Because I feel like uh, he took gonna, it he's as gonna though it was like a PGA tour right. like event where you're not allowed to talk to your coach Got and it. all that stuff. It's strictly just Trent and I trying to break it. Um but yeah, I mean, there were a couple times where, and I'm sure this happens on tour too. I kind of, as the caddy, I kind of meandered over to the gallery and was like, "Yo, what do you, what do you see over here?" As a caddy, <laughs> I'm sure that happens from time to time. On the, is that allowed? By the way, is a caddy allowed to go talk to someone or no? No, okay, no. Well, I did it a couple times, so yeah. You know, well, I don't think like, allowed to go over to the coach and be like, "Well, what do you think of the tempo?" Yeah, I don't think so. But even what like a, a course, like a, like where should we hit it on this one or something? Like, what are you seeing? Like, where's where where's the landing spot on here? No, I'm pretty sure you and your cat, like your caddy's kind of considered the player. So I think okay. you're not allowed to ask for advice. I think it's kind of the same. But I do think like on tee boxes and stuff, there's if there's fans that have been sitting there forever, they start chirping, yeah, right? For sure. like, everybody's coming up short. You yeah, know? For sure. It's yeah. like the caddy can't 
can't be like, no, I refuse. It's not a, yeah. a law of court. He can't be like, I'm not. I mean, I'm sick of the series. Inadmissible. Inadmissible. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sick of the series in the sense that, like, we're now we're traveling around to fucking break. Like, can we just do it? Because now, like, more work is on our plate. I'm editing these things. It's like Christmas vacation. This is fucking supposed to be our one time that we're not traveling. We're not doing this. And now we're, like, booking more flights. He wants to get it done. Obviously, I can't give away too much about what happened in Georgia. So I'll just leave it at that. The other thing is that, like, I want the Tillery to come out and fucking – uh, caddy because I'm like do whatever let's break as many rules as we can to get this guy below but he was very adamant being like no 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 like he has to go do it that's what this whole series has been since episode one episode 12 he's tried to break 90 on his own with his partner out there just playing so yeah we have another episode coming out I guess I don't know so we have um, they're going to make they're going to put out the lesson and then we'll put out the uh, so I guess Brendan's going to edit the lesson and I'll edit the, the round and we'll try and get them out like bang, bang, like right away. Like just fucking feed your gullets with breaking 90. I love it. I love it. I'm excited to check it out. I, uh, I loved some of the videos. I love the visual of Tillery being on his knees, grabbing his fucking tendons behind his legs and trying to get him in the right spot and rotating the whole deal. Um, so great. Breaking 90. A lot of putting rolling. too. A lot of putting. A lot of yeah. putting. He yeah, put him on. He did that, that drill where you had five putts. And then you had to, there were five feet out and then there were seven feet out and then they were like nine feet out and you had to make, like, you could only, you couldn't miss one in the first ring. You can only miss one in the second ring. You can only miss two in the back ring. And whenever you exceeded those amount of misses, you started from the beginning. That took two hours. And I don't even know that we finished it. So that was, oh. that was a fucking grind. <laughs> yeah. That, that drill is not, is not designed with a player of Trent's capabilities in mind. No, he said that's that, like, that's pro standard to miss two that's what from I'm saying. Like the nine so feet. Yeah. It could take two hours for sure. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Dude, that is a crime. No wonder. So should I take it? Like, is it a coincidence that Trent's just not on the podcast anymore? Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's, he's back he, in Iowa. He's giving fuck up. This shit. Yeah, he's just giving uh, up. Uh, all right, fellas. We've, um, we've got something developing in the last couple of minutes, which is a, um, well, something that we actually teased months ago. We thought we would really see hopefully none of ever again. And that is a, uh, it's like a dark blue, purplish background Tiger Woods uh, statement release, which is just devastating news. And we had uh, myself, Frankie, and Dan on the show hyping up Tiger. We were downplaying his open championship performance because he had COVID. So we fucking threw that one out. He's back the next three weeks. Uh, and then we just found out that he's now out. So we're recording to discuss that. So I think um, – I don't know where we're putting this in the podcast, but I think we leave that in. I think we, we start with this, and then we keep in how excited we were for Tiger Woods to play in the Hero World Championship because it just shows like how, what, how being on this roller coaster really is, right? Like we were so fucking geared up for this guy to play some golf. And in reality, he's not playing any of it. He's got plantar fasciitis. His fucking foot's falling off. <laughs> but we were excited. We were talking about how co- he beat COVID, even though it beat millions of people. It got real serious in there. And we're going to keep that in. We have to keep that in. This uh, is That's what we were going to do. All right. Let me just read this press release because it was the blue background. And I was waiting for a train to come into the office. We got our Cyber Monday thing going on. And I looked down at my phone and it was that dreaded bluish purple background. And I just knew that it was bad news. And also he seems to have done something new with this one where the print is maybe five. Mm -hmm. It's just as small as you can be. So I'm going to zoom in. It's condensed. And I just, it's condensed. I want to read just so we have it on record. This is Tiger Woods. 
In my preparation and practice for this week's Hero World Challenge, I've developed plantar fasciitis in my right foot, which is making it difficult to walk. After consulting with my doctors and trainers, I have decided to withdraw from this week. I've decided to withdraw this week and focus on my hosting duties. My plan is to still compete in the match in the PNC Championship, signed Tiger. So he is still planning to play later in December. We had been talking about how it was going to be a Tiger-filled December. He was going to play a bunch of times. We were going to see him with Charlie. It was going to be so much fun. This takes a little bit of that away, obviously. But um, hopefully he can get healthy before those events and we get to see Tiger Woods play golf in December. That's all you can hope for right now. Yeah, look, I, you know, I, I, there's really no way to sugarcoat the fact that Tiger Woods hasn't played since fucking July, in which case he missed the cut in brutal fashion at a place that he called his favorite golf course in the world where he's won two majors. And then he took, you know, five months off and then couldn't be ready for uh, a stroll through the Bahamas. That That's a little concerning. So, I, yeah, I just don't love that. I, I do agree with Frankie. We got to leave all this in so that people can understand the roller coaster because boy, oh boy, were we hyping up Tiger. We were throwing out all the negative from this year. We were gassing up all the positive, and then 14 seconds later, he releases an app that you're right. You needed a magnifying glass or a, a statement. You needed a magnifying glass to read what he was trying to say. And you're going word by word, being like, "Is he retiring? Like, what are we doing here?" So, so yeah, it sucks, man. Here, these guys. We might see somebody get a hole one behind me, by the way, and win that Chevrolet EUV right there. Right. By the way, we're in the office. We're in New York City, so you're hearing a lot of weird shit as you're listening to this podcast. We were all in our homes to start this thing. Danny was a part of it. And now we're in the city with very crystal clear audio. And then Riggs is at the Barstool Classic Championship, which we will be there tomorrow. So yeah, this is a, this is a chaotic moment. You're walking over what looks like an incredible bridge right out of Disney. I'm on a swinging bridge right now. This is a swinging bridge. Wow. That is nice. I do think I'm just on the tee. There's Mike, the insurance guy. So if somebody gets all in one, he's Hey Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Say hi kid. I do think with tiger, like when we were back in the trenches pre 2019 Masters, we were always arguing for the fact that he's got he had There's this Nick from Chevy. He had this new back. Hey Nick, he had this new back, and he had the potential we thought to get to 100 percent and win another major. We are now living in a world post 2019 post car crash where 100 percent is not on the menu. For Tiger Woods anymore, certainly not 100 percent from when he was winning in 2019s, and certainly not from when we watched him win every single major in the 2000s. So having the lens, having the scope, be we just want him to be healthy enough to play. I think makes this latest announcement less dire. Like it's not shocking that Tiger Woods has an injury anymore. So I view it through that. No, lens. it's not shocking. Is the right leg is the same leg, right? Yeah. So he's got a new – he's claiming there's a new totally unrelated issue with the with the the, 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 the fasciitis thing. Is that like what, – what is that? Do we know what the hell that is? It's a, it, it is this right leg, right, the one that got uh, operated on? I'm pretty on? sure, yeah. I'm trying to picture it now. Yeah, I think so. Like when he – because I remember at Augusta they were like uphill lies are not good because you push off the back. Right. Is what they were worried about, and that's – that would have to be his right. So my question is like, you know, are we doing a thing where we're like, oh, yeah, he just, you know, I know he almost died a, a year and a half ago and his leg was broken into eight billion pieces and they had to like surgically glue it together. 
but now he's got this totally separate thing in the right foot or they like yeah this is related our guy can't walk still i would imagine they're hoping that people won't think it's related but i want them to know that everyone on planet earth knows that it's related okay all right it's simply yeah. i mean he he it has to be related and plantar fasciitis i don't even know if we've said it once correctly on the show but it's, it's something you hear about with football players. I feel it's like in the heel. It's an inflammation of thick band of tissue that connects the heel bone to the toes. The, infl- the inflamed tissue runs across the bottom of the foot. I think it, it can come from wearing too uh, big of shoes, from it rubbing a lot of times, from stepping the wrong way. Getting in a car crash. Getting a car crash. No, Or it's like he's deciding on what shoe he likes and he's been switching <laughs> each shoe and then it's developed in a way that he didn't think would develop. Like he's, this guy's trying to find the most comfortable way to walk with a broken leg. So that might've is been it, something he didn't think about. Is it one of the great failures of all time that Nike just can't make a shoe. That's just identical to the foot joy shoe that tiger likes. It's pretty like, insane. What, he's yes. using like foot joys. And <laughs> it's nuts. Are we like, are we just accepting that? Is there something going on? There? Like, he said, too, he's like, we tried with Nike and they just couldn't get it done. Hopefully one day we can get it. It's like, what are you talking you about? Gotta, you tried. Like, Succeed. You got to just, I'm going to make it for him. We'll go make him a shoe. Do whatever we'll, you have to do. We'll start cobbling shoes together. You do have to, if you're Nike, you have to push all of your R&D towards the Tiger project. I don't care what else is going on. It has to go towards Tiger. Um, yeah, and I guess deep down, and this gets into conspiracy theory uh, territory, deep down I hope that it actually is plantar fasciitis and it's not just. The fasciitis? I don't know. It's not. And it's not you ju- said it differently every time. <laughs> I hope that it is that. And it's not the actually the leg, and he is just making up that it's something it's else. Planter fascist? That's, Definitely not that. No, that's fascist. We don't like fascists. That's that's a that's a like a planter who's really <laughs> extreme politically. Yeah. Okay. He aligned with Mussolini okay. in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mussolini of the plant, foot. Like that makes his makes his living planter. It's thing. Mussolini <laughs> of the foot. That actually would make it much easier to say. <laughs> right. He's got the Mussolini. Right. Um, it's not great news, but, Uh, you know, he's going to do his hosting duties. And I mean, I really, what are the percent chance? What's the percent chance that he plays in December? I think it'll be high. He's playing in a cart. He'll, uh, was he going to play in a cart in the hero? No, he denied it. All right. No, he's going to walk. So he'll, he'll be in a cart. He'll be feeling good. He'll have the Dr. Scholl's, uh, what are they called? Is it, are they the Dr. Scholl's souls? The gel inside. He yeah. needs some G-Force is what he needs. Those are the best shoes on the market. True. But, Can't uh, believe he's not in the MG4 plus. What is Todd Martin doing <laughs> that he hasn't like, contacted Tiger Woods and be like, I'll just build you whatever shoe you freaking need, I man. Think, I think Danny Rapp is going to be in the Bahamas. Am I mistaken yeah, about he's that? Be, I think he he's there right now. He should just throw a couple G-Force Tigers away. Like, hey, give these a try. Right. What size shoe you think Tiger wears? Oh, that huge heavy thing. I bet it's an Probably. 11. I bet you he's a mm-hmm. 13. Gotta be I'm gonna say 13. Tiger Woods shoe size. Absolute elbow in between his legs. Um, 11. Nailed it. <laughs> wow. What? Um, I nailed I'm it. A ten and a half, eleven. So, same guy. <laughs> same guy. Oh boy. Um, Built the same. All right. Well, all right. Well, get back to the get back to the uh, to the shindig over there. We'll see you tomorrow for about three hours. We're getting there. Real. This is gonna be an absolute grind of a day for Trent and I. <laughs> we're like kicking field goals at Jeff Nadeau, trying to sling some merch, and then we're hopping on a plane. And we're coming to see the championship. It's gonna be electric. You just get be. there, and someone's gonna be fucking holding up a trophy. It's insane. When are you guys leaving? Are you just leaving Wednesday? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a quick trip. I believe you know? so. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Quick know? trip. It is a very fast trip. I, you know what's nuts is I'm basically doing this just so I hit diamond on Delta. I'm so close to the highest you can get on Delta. I'm like 5,000 miles away, and I think I hit it like on the way home from Scottsdale, which is nuts. We've flown 125,000 miles on Delta this year. So that's a shout-out to fucking how much we've been traveling. Yeah, I, I got 50 flights I have on Delta. I got to the office just now, and I went up to Frank, and I was like, tomorrow's going to be a grind. And under his breath, he goes, and I'm going because I'm going to hit diamond. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why are you going? I, we're going to see the championship. He's like, I'm going because I want to hit diamond. It's like, all right. Whatever. I knew there was more to the story, and now we just got it. So I, <laughs> I will say I'm going to hit platinum when yeah, we do it, no, too. We're, so. we're all hitting medallion statuses, and we're going to see someone fucking win the Barstool Classic Championship. That's going to be unbelievable. Uh, I will say our guy, Alistair, is going to be out here tomorrow when nice. you guys get here. And he, he really wants to play with us Wednesday, so maybe we'll look at Oh, yeah. uh, any p- potential options if we want to play or something. But okay. I'm excited to see you guys. Excited for you to get out to the desert. Yeah, we could always move the flight back. I don't know what time our flight is, but I got nothing to be on Wednesday, so we can figure that out. That looks beautiful. A little, it's a little cloudy today, which is a shame, but yeah. it's pretty nice out here. Um, all right, so I think that wraps it up on our Tiger, our sad Tiger up. And now you can listen to how happy we were when we thought he was playing. So happy. Bye-bye. All right, we've got uh little tiger woods and Roy McIlroy story so this thing just broke i haven't been able to read the whole deal this is the same guy that does these like once a year dan yeah paul kimmage i think he was like a cyclist or he's some some professional athlete in northern ireland who's famous for something else him and rory kind of sit down at the end of every year these are great these are great um yeah I, i guess it is once a year uh he just rory sits down candidly and they just post the transcript right you know there's no video or anything of this usually. i think it's just yeah I, I would guess that like if rory wants to say something and he's like oh i don't mean to say that yeah um so they just post the transcript it's a phenomenal read and i haven't been able to go through because it came out right before we started recording but the biggest tidbit that i saw people highlighting was uh rory basically talking about the week uh week and a half leading up to the open championship at st andrews that he and Tiger played a little bit of golf together. They were at um, the, uh, what, the McManus Pro-Am thing, and then they played a little bit in, like, Ireland. And, you know, we saw the footage and the videos. It was Robbie Mack and Rory, and they're out there, whatever. And then Rory kind of revealed that he started to feel like shit and then texted Tiger that, and then Tiger was like, fine. But then later that night, not good. So essentially he was um, convinced or revealed or whatever that the two of them had COVID leading up to the Open Championship, which I don't – I mean – I know that Tiger looked very sluggish at the Open, um, very sluggish, especially compared to the hype, the old course. He's won there twice. He had literally skipped the U.S. Open to make sure that he was ready for this is the event, 150 of the whole deal. And then he fucking hits a wedge in the water on the first hole, and you're like, and he never really looked decent after that. Um, but I had no, I had never heard anything about the two of them having fucking COVID, right? Yeah, no, hadn't heard that. Tiger's got allergies a lot, so he's kind of like sneezing a lot. So you, you might, you know, might not notice. You might just say, "Oh, big he's got like, allergies." Big sneezer. I think he's a big anti-pollen guy. Um, it makes me more excited for next week, right? Because like, if I know that it probably isn't the reason that he played so bad at St. Andrews, but let's just pretend that it had an, an impact. Let's just pretend. So then you're looking back at last year. He made the cut at the Masters, Southern Hills. I mean, you couldn't pick a worse golf course to walk. It was up and down. It was super long. You know, it got hot and then it was cold. If now, if like if he goes and sh- and you know shoots sixty eight on Thursday at the Hero, you're going to be like, oh my god, like he's, you get this guy without COVID, and, he's, and he might be back. Like he, if he, if he plays, if he plays fine this week, obviously it's not a, that hard of a golf course. It's flat. It's the Bahamas. There's no oh, this, that, this, that, and the other. But now that we know that we can basically discard 
asterisk the St. Andrews performance because he had a crippling bout of COVID. I mean, this this could be throw this it could out. shift the whole narrative. Yeah, throw it out. Yep. That's an outlier. Throw that shit out. Do you think Tiger Woods genuinely believes in his heart of hearts that he can win the Masters tournament in April? A hundred million percent. That's all I need. <laughs> like, That's all I need. Like without question, hey, Tiger Tiger Woods. I think in deep in his heart, deep, deep, deep in his heart, thinks doesn't hope thinks that he's going to win 19 major championships. That's why he's Tiger That's Woods. All I need. It's not. It's not need. rational. It's not. You know. It's not supported by by evidence, but. That's why he's Tiger Woods. He'll he'll never stop believing. I don't think until that leg is like removed from his body. That's the best news I've heard about someone having COVID. Is that Tiger probably had COVID? <laughs> it had nothing to do with his performance. It had nothing to do with anything. It just had to do with the fact that he felt sluggish and didn't. He didn't have that killer instinct. He was being. He was all of his attention was battling a, a, a alien virus that was entering his body. That's where all of the attention that usually goes to like, like Tiger clearly has something else in his brain that no one else does. And that was used to yeah, fight neutralized the by the virus. And he probably yeah, fights I mean, the virus better than anyone else on the planet. You so, know what I mean? Like that's he does everything better, but he can't I'm, do both things at once. If I'm looking at the facts here, Tiger Woods played in three major championships last year. Two of them he made the cut, and the other one he was fighting a brutally deadly disease. Dude, unprecedented. That, that disease killed like millions of people. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. That's like he's he's still trending. I don't, up why, I, I don't know why I chuckled at that. By the way, so I'm sorry. The way he said it was funny. No, but we didn't. I, we know what I, you I want. I want the record to state that when you said it killed millions of people, I literally laughed after that. But that was not to that statement. I, that's my well, official statement. Okay. What exactly were you? Do you think you I was laughing that to the fact that Tiger's so good that he? It's like it was more laughing at how incredible Tiger Woods is that right, he okay. just kind of fought it off without us even knowing. I think we need yeah. to talk about the and fact it's that so Tiger Woods that yeah. I think we need to talk about the fact that Tiger Woods broke 80 twice dealing with a debilitating bout of COVID in a major championship. I mean, yeah. that's where do we put that among his all time accomplishments? Break hard like, to break 80. Hard to break 80 with, with actually a disease, an unprecedented disease. The doctors didn't even know how to deal with it. All right. So congrats to Tiger. What a performance. Um, this new information. And, and yeah, I'm going to read through this. I'm actually excited this afternoon to read, uh, read through this interview because Rory's the best. Love fucking Rory. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Um, all right. What else do I have on my list? Oh, they uh, committed to the PNC. I think we all knew they were going to play right, Tiger and Charlie. But, um, but yeah, he's he's locked in for back to back weeks. That back to back to back, and then back to back with his little match thing. But the match yeah. thing is just one day, right? It's like twelve holes or something, right? One day, twelve holes in a cart. Yeah, uh, but yeah, back to back to back. We're going to be seeing a lot of golf in December of Tiger Woods, which is fucking incredible. Him and Charlie almost won the tournament. Um. Last year, him and him and Charlie will be a favorite. Finish second, right? We just got to look out for the Thomases and the fucking Dailies. Those guys are problems. They're absolute problems. Obviously, the sinks are problems. The whole field is actually really, really difficult. So the fact that they almost win it is really impressive. People act right. like <laughs> it's this fucking ho hum father son thing. It's like the best golfers on the planet and better, like the best kids ever. Yeah, it's it's a uh, they're a favorite now because Charlie's a totally different person than he was a year ago. 
He's like a, That's you know, what six inches taller. About. I mean, yeah. I'm going to see a different human being, right? This guy's just got mitts on him like you wouldn't believe. He's probably hitting the ball. My, I mean, look at the transformation we saw from 12-year-old Pete to now. 12-year-old <laughs> Pete's like 14. 12-year-old Pete hits the ball like 290. And he, when I, when I saw him, he was fucking walking around telling me about where him and his brother fish and like saying thank you in between shots and hitting it, you know, whatever. Now he's just an adult who smokes the fucking golf ball and like dates girls and shit. So that's what Charlie Woods went over, uh, went through over the last couple of years. He's going to be a different human being out there. It's going to be unbelievable. He's in that period of time. I think he's 13 or 14 where, yeah, he's probably like visibly growing every week. His voice is probably all over the place. I, I think it's so awesome that Tiger is doing all this because I tweeted something to this effect yesterday. Like, how easy would it be for this guy to just not, right, to just after this latest injury just and or even if he just wanted to play the majors i totally get it the guy has worked his ass off to play an event for his foundation that is does not matter is unofficial you know this match thing with jt and spieth and rory and then he's playing with his son the guy just he cares about golf he wants to be around i think that's so cool none of these things are necessary for him to do he doesn't need the money and it's not about chasing jack nicholas this is tiger saying I care about golf. I know that my presence in the game is very important and 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 helps the game grow. And so I'm going to do what I need to do to be there and be seen. And I think it's a he's really an ambassador for this. Like he understands his role. And I think that's very cool. It is. It makes me a little bit concerned. You know, I'd rather what, that be, he's doing so much like funky stuff. Yeah, that's a little bit of like, you know, you're you're. In in the OC, when Seth sails away, you're sort of like at the beginning of of sailing off into the sunset when you're doing that kind of shit. You know, yeah, like we we 28 year old Tiger wasn't fucking worried about his role as like a, a help and then grow. He's just like out there to fucking slaughter people and win events. So a little bit concerned about that. Yeah, I like I get it. The family, it's fun watching him. It's really cool seeing him as a human being. But I, we didn't get to this point because I loved the Tiger was like a relatable human being with his family. Good point. I got to a good this point because that guy was a fucking machine. He was Darth Vader arriving at the Death Star every time he walked into a fucking tournament in the red and the black. And everybody's like, holy fuck, there's that guy that's actually not a person. He's Tiger Woods. He's going to destroy us. So I, good for him. Cool. Great. Cool. Be in a good spot. Whatever. I, I don't love all of it. I wish he would still. And he, ha- I mean, he- we haven't seen him since St. Andrews, so it's not like he's out there all the time. Um, but I-, I would like him to keep a little bit of a distance still so that when he's on that back nine like he was in 2019 at the Masters, he could still have that intimidation factor where guys go from fucking not making a bogey the whole tournament to dunking it in the water left and right. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah and now it would be even worse because it would be like, I- for those guys, the pressure of dealing with Tiger because it would be like, I can't lose to a cripple. I I, I just can't. And that- that's why the first day of the Masters when he shot 71 and he beat Rory by like four shots or five shots, he beat JT. It was like, what a sad day for those guys. <laughs> like they were visiting this guy on his deathbed and then he just beat them by five. Yeah, I need like that fucking Tony Finau story from the final round of the 2019 Masters when he's like a couple holes in. They're walking down the fairway right next to each other, and Tony just starts chopping it up and hits him with a little like, "Hey, Tiger, so how are uh, you know how are Sam and Charlie doing?" And Tiger just didn't even look up and just said, "Good," and kept walking. That's <laughs> that's good. what I you know what I mean. I need that a little bit. So, um, but I'm excited we get to see him play golf. The whole deal, Charlie. We always go nuts. That's one of the biggest things on Twitter all year is when Charlie and Tiger and the whole deal comes out and their mannerisms. We'll get all that shit. So, and then you got everyone that. being like, "Can you just let the kid live? Like, can you just let him be a kid?" Yeah, you get a lot of that shit. I uh, I remember. I think last year, maybe two years ago, I had to delete a tweet. I think I tweeted 
this kid fucks or something when he hit uh, one to like a foot. Oh boy, and people were being mad about that, so I had to delete a tweet. So it's a little bit of dangerous territory for sure. But now he's like fucking fourteen. He's a little bit more of an adult. He's getting closer, uh, but still young. So you got to be a little bit careful. You got to tread lightly out there. We're recording um, this at one fifteen on a Sunday, so obviously football is in real football. American football is in uh, the swing of things. Not football, not football. And football. Um, Mike White. The New York Jets quarterback, avid foreplay listener, chicklets listener. I met him at Borelli's when we did the uh, when the uh, Jets came before an Islanders playoff game. When I was when I was on that run against the Bruins, they came in. One of the guys, Dan Feeney, lifted me up like I was Simba, like it was uh, a <laughs> Lion King. Yeah. And um, Mike ah, White, I had a long conversation yeah. about yeah about golf and foreplay, and now he's just a starter starting over Zach Wilson. Charged down the field, sixty nine yards, six for seven touchdown. The guy's fuck. Six come for on. Did he, he went six for seven on the opening come drive. On. Six for seven oh. on the opening drive, sixty nine yards, touchdown to Garrett Wilson. Jets are winning seven nothing against the Bears, and this is just a good time to be a New York Jets fan. It's just an amazing, amazing time. Have you turned Unreal. on Zach? You, did you want Zach out? Were you like get this guy? <clears> no, out I'm of not here? turned on. It's just. Um, I hated hated his press conference after it was it was as bad that. as it could possibly be. They had three points. Did not score a touchdown against your rivals. Who, if you beat them, you now hold your own destiny in the division, where you can just win the division. <clears throat> and they say, did you like basically like not help the defense at all? Like, could you have helped the defense any more today? And he just said, no, nope, nope, no. It's, it's like, also- well, if you would have just be a human, you could just be like, obviously, I could have helped them more because. I scored zero touchdowns. So, so we put zero points easiest, up on the board. The easiest thing in the world is to just say yes and take the responsibility because guess what? It doesn't matter. Like what you say there, unless you say the wrong thing and come off right. like an asshole, it doesn't matter. It's there's not only like one say, answer that could have came off wrong and he did it. There's not the, like a, uh, there's not 50 GMs out there being like, oh, he didn't he didn't feel like it was his fault. So I, he's good. He must be really good still. Like that's yes, not what right. happened. So it's like, dude, you just say, like, yeah, I could have. And then everyone moves on. That clip doesn't even get put on the internet. And he just no. the, the Patriots kill the Jets. Dave tweeted it out. Like, how many guys, Eric Mangini, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, now Zach Wilson, the, <laughs> the butt fumble. It's always something against these I had fucking forgotten Patriots. How bad the butt fumble was, dude. When they resurfaced that clip. It's, oh. It is shocking how bad he, they killed Fireman Ed. Like it's just been so hard to be a Jets fan. Like that is such a winnable game. And I just said two seconds ago, it's a great time to be a Jets fan because like that game was supposed to be winnable. That is a great time to be a Jets fan. We've never gone into Foxborough and said we have to win this game or we should win this game. We've never had to lose on a fucking punt return. The only returned kick in all, all the NFL was it was a 98 return yard return fucking punt that's just you know that's still a good time to be a Jets fan that we're in those games and that's sad True. that's how pathetic a pitiful of a franchise we are that we're excited to have those moments do you think that Zach will is there any chance that Zach Wilson is the starter for the New York Jets opening day of 2024 oh 2024 2024 oh god I not mean... next year the year after he shows a lot of promise, man. The guy can move. He just got to learn what to do with the ball when he gets like, he just always takes these ridiculous sacks and he just, and he, he throws the ball when he shouldn't. Uh, you just throw it out of bounds. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to say Zach Wilson is the quarterback in 2024. I think he has a lot of promise. He's just got to grow up. Nice to hear that. Sure. There's some, I just some don't fans think that like a guy it. with, I think he's got a lot of skill and I just don't think a guy like that, maybe, He'll be on another team. I just don't think a guy like that's going to go away. He's not like a like a one and done kind of guy. 
Frankie, I have a question. What's your what's your Matt Duchesne bet status right now? With- oh, I haven't gotten the jersey yet. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I haven't even t- so I got to wear his jersey on this fucking podcast for like multiple shows. I don't know why I said multiple shows, but I did. So now I got to fucking sit here in that yellow fucking jersey for Matt Duchesne because they beat the Islanders. And then honestly, that game ignited the Islanders on like an outrageous run <laughs> that we're on right now. They've won like six out of seven since that game. They should have won that game against Nashville. So, yes, I lost a. A friendly wager with Matt Duchesne. I have to wear a jersey. Had he won, he would have bought like a thousand bucks in foreplay merch or something like that. So it was a good bet. It was a good wager. So yeah, friendly, uh, friendly fire from our, our guy there that I have to deal with that. That's coming soon. I haven't seen the package. He said he sent it out like last week. All right. So you got to rock that, I think, like through December or something. He said, we'll it's, have to check. It's the, a problem. It's we'll a problem. We'll have to check the tape. Um, Blues, Blues are a fucking weird team. They won, they won their first three games of the year, and then they lost eight in a row, and then they won seven in a row, and then they got killed two games in a row, and then they're down for like four nothing yesterday, and then they come back and beat Florida in overtime. So the Blues are a weird fucking team. I think they're one game above five hundred in the fourth spot right now in the in the division, but they're just a weird team. I can't really figure it out. Half my friends think they should blow the whole team up uh, and tank and start building. They also thought that when they won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago because they were the last place team in the NHL, January 7th, I believe. So um, so anyway, Blues are in a weird place. All right, moving on. Cam Smith. Cam Smith's just really good player. He's just uh, he's just really – he's a problem. He's a threat. He uh, wins down in the Aussie PJ. This is his third time winning this. Is that right, Dan? I don't know. I don't know if it's his third time winning it, but it's a power move. We talked about. I talked about this earlier. He's the highest-ranked player in the field, goes to a tournament that's not that sick, wins the tournament. It's yep. a sick move. I will say these ones that are international, I feel like it happens a lot more. Like Rom goes to Spain and plays in like the Spanish Open, and I feel like he just wins it every time. <laughs> it's like so those are a little bit different than like the random fall event that's not that crazy. Those are still all PGA Tour guys. This the Aussie PGA. I don't know a ton about the field, but I saw the guys that finished like second, third, and fourth. I. Just quick glance. I don't think I'd ever seen their names before in my life. So it was like, I, you know, I, it's good for him. Cam Smith winning all great. Um, got me a little bit hyped up for the majors, man. Like seeing that, that, that this guy's going to roll into the majors and same with Dustin Johnson. Like him, the two of them really stand out still to me. It's like these guys are going to roll into majors and be in the top, you know, couple five or so or ten of like favorites to win the tournament as a live guy so we're probably going to get in the next year or two we're going to have a live golfer win a major championship oh definitely yeah definitely i think you know between them i think walking neiman's you know playing really well and and young and and getting really good and abraham answer had kind of a down year but no you're right and it's it's you know uh cam keeps on winning these things and playing in these events that aren't uh, live events, so he's he's going to get world ranking points for winning this tournament. Um, so he won't drop down. But you know, there are there are a lot of people who are being like, "Oh, the world rankings world," because Dustin Johnson is going to show up to one of these events next year as like the number seventy five player in the world because he could not be bothered to play anything that's not you know live or that he's not getting a lot of money for. So he's going to show up as like the number eighty player in the world. And he's going to have like the third best odds. Well, he is so so. Where are his um. Where are his like major championship exemption statuses at? Because the Masters obviously yeah. he won in 2020. 20. So he's got so, so he, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So he's good through 25. For the he's US Open, three more, the, 
for, for everything else. Yeah, you, you win the mass. You win one major. You get all of them for five years, and then it gets funky after that. But for five gotcha. years, you're good on all of them. Gotcha. Wow. Um, okay. So then he's good. I was trying to remember because I know the U.S. Open is what 2016. So I was starting to think like I, I was like, well, he might be in a weird spot for a couple. But you're right. He's still got a few more years locked up uh, due to his uh, mass wins. So he'll be in. He'll be fine. Um, but there will be some big names like. Joaquin Neiman, is he gonna is he gonna qualify for like the majors? I guess he's gonna have to play in like a sectional qualifier or like a European uh for the British Open, a sectional qualifier. Yeah, because these guys are are Paul Casey, you know, some of these guys, Taylor Gooch, who were top fifty players and that's how they were getting into majors. Now they're now they're out and there's no there's no end in sight really. So they're just but I think it's gonna be uh, like objectively funny when Dustin Johnson turns up to Augusta as the world's number eighty seventh player and he has the second best odds to win the tournament. <laughs> I like that. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be fucking chaos next year at the majors. It's gonna be chaos. I I can't wait. I cannot wait for that hype. I can't wait to see what Augusta does. I feel like They've kind of gotten the way they've gotten uh, lucky to be people were kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit up to this point, And they didn't really have to make any calls. I feel like they haven't made any calls uh, because the other majors were hit with the PGA. Uh, and then, you know, we saw how it all played out at U.S. Open at the E Open and Rory versus Cam Smith, who was so heavily rumored that he was going to live at the time. And the Masters has just been able to remain silent. And now there's going to be months of buildup. And precedent set because now we're in, you know, year two. What are they going to do? How are they going to handle it? And the other kind of the the USGA, the RNA, they could kind of PGA of America, they could kind of respond to what Augusta does more so than set the precedent at this point. They almost like figured out a way to get through this year without without having to do anything drastic or controversial. Yeah, it hadn't started yet. I think we forget like how recent the actual first live event was. It was in June. Yeah. It was only it was only yeah. in June. It was like four months ago. So it was still like, what are you gonna what's gonna happen if this person or that person, you know, DJ, all those guys had still they had, at that point they had said we're staying with the PGA tour and it was all just rumors. So yeah, I think we we really just forget how how new this whole thing. I mean, Frankie reminds us, but how new this whole thing is. Yes. Fuck. It's insane how how new it is. Sorry. It's a week was, before was, the US Open. It was June eighth. Like even, even at Southern Hills. Even at Southern oh, you're Hills. Looking at, you're looking at the Jets? I was spacing out a little bit because I was just thinking about um, something hit me. I, I something I like kind of coughed and tasted a little something, and I remembered I puked on the side of the Southern State Parkway on Wednesday night. A, black, a little blackout Wednesday but action. Went to the New York Sickness? Islanders game. I went to the New York Islanders game, and we got like a bar tab paid for us in this like suite. So it was kind of just like <laughs> oh, unlimited God. drinks, and I didn't eat enough. And this is my problem, guys. I don't eat during the day. I don't eat, and I'm sorry to derail this. That was some good golf talk, and I was getting. What into do you mean it, you don't eat during I, the day? What does that mean? I like didn't eat during the day. I I was like doing things. It was Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I was just like I was moving. I was shaking. I was grooving. I was I was making things happen, and I just didn't eat. And when I don't eat and like line my stomach, I'm frail and pathetic. And then I drink all that stuff. Even if I eat while drinking, it's just not enough time. It's not enough. I don't know the science behind that, but I feel like I need something in there to soak it up. And when I eat and drink at the same time, it all just kind of gets mush, and I get so much more drunk. And yeah, it was one of those things where I got into like a, I got into like an electric vehicle. Uh, I don't know if it was a Chevy or what, but it was just hot in there. It was, Chevy. it was just hot in there, and we were driving, and I'm just like, I said out loud, there was a bunch of people in the car. I said, "We're gonna have to make a decision in about two minutes. Either it's on my lap or it's on the street because like it's not going down. It's I tried my hardest. It's not going down, and I was, and then I, it was just a, it was a call for help. I tried pull over, 
And he just pulled <laughs> over. Very dangerous maneuver, by the way, to like just be standing yep. on a highway. And just mm-hmm. puked all over myself. So it is what it is. Um, and I just kind of burped that up like four or five days later, which is not Ooh. a good feeling. No, you can't be happy about that. Can't be happy about that. You feel yeah. better now? You feel okay? I am. Yeah. I mean, it's been kind of a bender. It's obviously the holiday season. You have espresso martinis and the eggnog yeah. type. Things. Thanksgiving week is a morning. bender. It's such a bender. It's bad. Oh. It's really, really tomorrow, bad. Tomorrow morning, I got a full travel day. It's going to be a punch in the face. Because like, yeah. I, I'm happy. You know, we're sitting here. We're chatting. The podcast easy. We're shooting shit with the boys. Tomorrow, work starts again, and it's going to be a rough go. It is never too early, folks, never, to play holiday music. We've talked about that on this show. We get very excited. They do put holiday music in here. I would go ahead and say Christmas music. We're also going to get, by the way, from Dan, we got to become a little bit more well-versed in the Jewish holidays. So I think you're going to help walk us through that this month. Is that correct? December? Yeah, I'm going to walk Frankie, Frankie through uh, Hanukkah. We're going to talk about the okay. story. When does Hanukkah start? It's a good question. It moves around, but it's usually a little before Christmas. So let me look Well, that's your first you. mistake. You have to have a day. That's oh, where Hanukkah loses me. It starts <laughs> on it starts mistake. on starts on Sunday, December eighteenth, which is my twenty eighth birthday. Wow, very nice. Yeah. Do you agree that the Hanukkah Hanukkah needs to be set in stone so that we all could know, and then we would all be able to celebrate it just with you? Yeah, the problem is sometimes it's November, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it's November. That's really bad. It it really should be in that window. Yeah, it can it can bleed into November. It's on the Jewish calendar, which is different. It really should be. It should lead right up to Christmas. I think you're right, Frankie. Yeah. Um. Anyways. It's never too early to play holiday music. It's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's uh, Christmas, um, Hanukkah. There's all kinds of reasons to give gifts, uh, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your uh, pants. That's what it says right here. You can make talking this about your balls a season to be jolly with Manscaped. I don't know. That's just you can make your own decision. Um, do your little drummer boy a favor and use Penis. the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. We're doing the whole wow. holiday thing here. The platinum oh. package, okay? It's got everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls oh, just man. in time for mistletoe season. The platinum My package little drummer boy. Wow. the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof electric trimmer. Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, 2-in-1 Shampoo, Plus Conditioner, Sea Kelp Infused, Body Wash, Aloe Infused Hydration, Deodorant, Aluminum Free. We don't like the aluminum. That's good. Uh, Crop Preserver, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Okay. Crop Reviver, uh, Ball Spray. They love saying ball. Magic Mat, Disposable (laughs) Shaving Mats. And for the perfect stocking stuffer add in the brand new body buffer an incredible body scrubber uh that makes exfoliating easy and uh a lot cleaner than the old loofah you can get 20 percent off boys and girls ladies and gentlemen and free shipping with the code four at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off uh with free shipping at manscaped.com use the code four <laughs> f-o-r-e Manscaped, I'm reading this thing get too. Your I mean, jingle did you, balls ready for the holidays. <laughs> did you read the part where it says Santa likes his sack and so should you? <laughs> did you skip over that one? Because that one's making. I might have skipped over that part. <laughs> Santa likes his sack and so should so should you treat God. your little drummer boy with <laughs> the holiday spirit. Uh, use the code for twenty uh, percent off free shipping. Manscaped.com.
Uh, we got the Cyber Monday uh, thing tomorrow. Obviously, Riggs is kicking off the uh, the Barstool Classic Championship in Scottsdale. Is that starting tonight? Is there a welcome party tonight? Welcome party at Barstool Scottsdale, the uh, bar in Old Town wow. tonight. Like six to nine. I think it's, you know, um, app, appetizers, bar type food. We'll watch a little Sunday night football, have a couple drinks, and then the golf gets going. I had the guys from Greyhawk, my boy Travis, you know, he hit me up yesterday. I went up there and saw some folks. And uh, they've done a great job. They've got it roped off. So Greyhawk has, you know, two different courses, Talon and Raptor. And they're basically, they every day they change which range they're using for the public to protect the other range, which makes their grass on the driving range always really good. But now they've got the section near the Raptor course just roped off like it's a PGA Tour event. And all folks that go up there to play practice rounds or whatever these these this weekend, they have access to the roped off area. Wow. We got people with headphones on, chipping and potting and working on their short game. And my dude Travis was like, okay, I'm starting to get the vibe of this tournament. This is not a shit show. People are locked in. I don't know if anyone's going to drink a single thing. So people are fired up out here in Greyhawk. The field is good to win one of these fucking qualifiers. I mean, we've done, we did 27 qualifiers across North America this year. There's about 50 teams or so at each. You got to finish in the top four. So, to finish in the top four out of 50, you had to be playing or you are a really solid golfer. And now that you've made it to this point, there's $10,000 for first place. There's a bunch of other prizes from Chevy, Peter Millar, G4, all of our sponsors, Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Um, there's a bunch of stuff to be won. And I think people care, too, about the tournament. Barstool is very fucking public. We're all over social media. So if you get your name on that trophy, there's only been three teams that have ever gotten on it. If you get your name on that trophy, people care about that a lot. So people are pretty into the golf. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great because it's very different. We've done Pinehurst the last two years for the championship. Now we're at Greyhawk where they do the NCAA championships, Scottsdale. It's sunny. There's not a breath of wind out there. It's gonna be nice. It's funny because I was asking Riggs before he was saying that there's the welcome party tonight. So I was asking him, you know, do, do people like get after it? Do people go hard? He's like, no, not at all. People are dialed in. So, Dude, guys are walking around. Guys are walking around with like a, a towel and a wedge and a water bottle. Like that's <laughs> the kind of vibe you get around the, the driving range, and they're just listening to music. It's definitely not what people think it is. There's always all these things that pop up here and there. The Barstool Classic has turned into legitimately like a, a must attend and must win event for anyone that's like a decent golfer in America. You have to try and get in. The thing sells out in two minutes. And if you're in, you take it very seriously to try and win. And obviously, there's a, every single one we go to, there's Trulies all over the place. People have fun. We're all drinking, listening to music. That is what it is. But there's that like top you know, six or seven teams that think they can do it. Maybe even more. I'm assuming more at each one think they can do it. But it always comes down to the end. There's always like a, play, uh, a playoff on a scorecard. It's always fucking cutthroat. And you want to get to Scottsdale. You want to get to that championship. That's it's completely different than anything else that's out there in the market. The Barstool Classic Championship puts asses in the seats and then also delivers the drama, which is insane. You get to just you get to go on a roped off driving range and try and win ten thousand dollars. When do you get to do that as just a regular guy playing golf? And the format for the championship this year is going to deliver some drama because we're doing thirty six holes of two person team net best ball. So. Like you play with your buddies all the time. If your partner's, you know, in his pocket, makes an 11, and you make a four, your team's in for a four. And after 36 holes, we take the top six teams in ties, and then they play the 10th and 18th holes on the Raptor course, 
which start right by the patio where everybody's at and finish right by the patio where everybody's at. And we're playing pure alternate shot, no strokes, no handicaps, and it's cumulative scoring for the 38 holes. So if you have played these 36 holes, one on Talon, one round on Raptor, you've got a two-shot lead, you will be the last group to tee off in a pure alternate shot with hundreds of people following along, and you have a two-shot lead, and you got to get through those two holes playing pure alternate shot with your pal or your gal to solidify your victory and lock it up coming down the stretch as the sun's setting and the mountains and Greyhawk and the whole deal. So it's going to be fucking awesome. People are hyped. There's a, there's a seriousness to the vibe around Greyhawk the last couple of days, which I like. So, so yeah, we'll have some drinks tonight and you know, some people I'm sure will get absolutely shit face. We're in fucking Scottsdale. It's hard not to. And yeah. I think we'll see more of it Tuesday. Like if a team goes out and shoots 80 right. tomorrow, then Tuesday they're going to be like, fuck it. We're going to have a million trulies and have a great time. So, um, so it's, it's, the hype is real. I'm excited for it. But that it makes sense why they take it seriously because you know, all these people they can play, they can pay money to play in a charity, you know, hit and giggle where they play and it doesn't matter what they shoot and you know then they're done. This is a competition. This is a competition. Mm-hmm. It's a tournament. It's a fucking championship. It's a barstool classic championship. So it's go time. A um, couple more things to get to before we get to from the gallery. Christmas. It's Christmas season. Uh, my tree's Monica. going up this afternoon. I haven't put it up yet. Uh, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to fire it up. I'm, I'm hearing music around um, restaurants, uh, shops that you walk into, hearing some Christmas jingles. It's fucking Christmas season. We moved on for Thanksgiving. Go time. This is a huge, and I mean huge, Christmas podcast. So, Dan, you need to get your shit together. It's go time. I, yeah, um, my uh, Emma's family celebrates Christmas, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Do you not celebrate Christmas? I did not celebrate Christmas growing up. No, we had no, no tree, none of that stuff. My parents, my parents are like pretty, pretty Jewish. Like they're pretty Jewish. Um, but I do celebrate Christmas now. Last two, I've done it with with the Light family here, who they're hosting me. I don't know if people who are watching YouTube can see child in his bedroom, childhood bedroom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like Christmas. It, there's a warmth to it. I will give you that for sure. Yeah, and this year it feels like it's here like it, it doesn't feel like um sometimes it's a little too warm out or we're traveling a lot <clears throat> and you, you don't really get to do all the things with the family this year i feel like i'm really into the season i'm watching christmas movies i have christmas music playing this is our first christmas in the house so i've been having christmas music playing every single day every minute of the day i'm a huge music in the house guy i when i walk into people's houses and it's not playing music i find that to be very strange that's something my parents kind of like built into me whenever i walked into the house it was always music dean martin was playing frank sinatra was playing there was always something going on it was always a crooner or or the beatles or like you know sometimes there'd be uh you know whatever you get the deal but i do that too i can't walk into the house and have no music i'll literally start it when i'm in the fucking driveway like from my phone i'll just like hit the i'll hit the speaker so that when i walk in it's go time does your refrigerator play music? Is that right? My refrigerator does play music, but now I've got this little system. Dude, and like when I host it, you know, from Barstool Radio days, I used to play music that was very um, like relevant to the situation. So like yep. last night, we're sitting at we're sitting at my table and we're playing a little blackjack and we're like doing all these things with these little coins. And as like a big moment comes on, I put on the Bulls theme music, like the the, the walkout <laughs> music, and I That's blast good. it in the room, and everyone kind of just goes, "Oh shit!" And you're dun 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 dun, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Like we're I could already run through a wall, and then like when uh, when the dealer 
had a 21, I played Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, and everyone's sitting back like, no. And like, it just changes the mood. Music always changes the mood, but I'm always on it. I got Spotify on my phone ready to go. I type it in fast and I go, I'm instantaneous. So that's what I'm doing for Christmas right now. I'm getting all the music going. I'm excited, man. I also just ordered. Um, I ordered a fucking Harry Potter village because I wanted a village in my first in my first house. So wow, dude, you can get Hogwarts as a village. But Come the on, problem is the problem is you. What, what is what do you mean by a village? Like a model? So it's like a village like setup. We're gonna put it on top of the fireplace and like on the mantle, and it's it's got all the little things. It's got lights in it, and usually it's like a church or it's like a house. This one is Hogwarts and like Hogsmeade houses and like Hollivanders and shit, and then you can get little Harry Potter like going after like Voldemort and shit, dude. It's nuts, but. The problem is you search it online. It's like sixty five ninety nine. You're like, wow, that's really good. It shows the whole set. No, no, no. That's each individual piece. So after <laughs> oh, you buy man, seven no. or eight pieces, you're looking at a four hundred and fifty dollar purchase village. for this fucking village. And it's got like a hundred pieces in the collection. So who knows how long I'll go with this and how how I might have dragons flying around from like the <laughs> Goblet of Fire. Like who knows what's gonna happen, dude. My uh, so Dan Village Christmas. Village is a big Christmas thing. So my my mom's got a little village uh, that she's had forever, and it's got it's got like beautiful brick buildings with like snow on them and stuff that are you know this fucking big. And she's got a little pond in the middle of it that's got um, children and and um, you know friendly folk ice skating on the pond <laughs> in her little village. Move. And it's got music. So they play music throughout the village, like Christmas music in the village. It it's is beautiful. delightful when you're That's when you awesome. just go spend a couple minutes in the village. Oh, it's great. Dude, if you watch some of these guys that get very into it, they take these like mini um cameras and they're almost like directors where they go through the village and you can like <laughs> kind of see like what that town would look like. You ever see those videos on YouTube? They're yeah. sick. It's so cool. <laughs> They got the they got this, the train going. I gotta think. I'm gonna look at some villages, dude. I didn't even think about getting a fucking. Well, Jake Bass just texted me that they are coming out with an open world Harry Potter video game. It's called like Hogwarts Legacy. And it's supposed to be sick. It's gonna be uh, like like a it's gonna be like an Assassin's go. Creed for Hogwarts. Like open world. You walk in, you like open the door. You're just like you can just find a million different things and prizes. Oh and man, that's it. challenges like something that you will never get up from ever. Wow. You're literally a student at Hogwarts, and it's all wide open. The whole world. You can hop on the train, go wherever you want. When is this wow. puppy coming out? Anybody I don't know. know. We're going to have to search that. I'm going to have to do more <laughs> digging. I did see uh, a little bit of that, but I tried to keep my, my mind off it while I, I focused on other things because that would consume all my time. Moving on. Uh, the PIP, Player Impact Program, results. I don't think we talked about those yet, right? This is the last no, show we did. I don't think they came out. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods wins uh, $15 million. Roy McIlroy second, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. I, my my big takeaway from the whole thing, I didn't really think there were that many surprises, to be honest with you. One of the big takeaways is that for whatever reason, I think the early messaging of this program really skewed people's belief that this was like just a pure social media thing. And social is like a part of one fifth of the part, right? Like it's not that big of a thing because i saw one of the big talking points was people were looking at scotty sheffler being like the guy's literally not even on twitter how does he finish you know that high i understand he had a really good year but like the social part is almost negligible right it's like almost doesn't really matter that much so uh i saw a lot of those comments 
And again, I, I just think that people harp too much on the social part. I don't think it really matters that much. And I didn't think there were that many big surprises. Yeah, I agree. The social part obviously isn't that important if Matt Fitzpatrick is beating Max Homa in the in the competition. And there were a couple other guys there who really just aren't. It's kind of changed now, I think, because the, the primary f- uh, function of the pit is to identify those top 20 players who play in all the elevated events. That's what it's that's what it's kind of for now. If you're in the top 20, you're in all the elevated events, the 13 or whatever it is, plus the majors next year. So they have to pick a they have to devise a way that gets the best golfers. They were close though to leaving Patrick Cantley out. If if I'm Patrick Cantley's agent, I'm not a very happy guy. He finished 19th, guy's number four in the world. I don't understand how there's such a big gap between Patrick Cantley and Xander Schauffele, who are kind of the same. They both don't have Twitter. They both aren't at all self-promotery. Patrick's actually ranked higher than him in the world rankings. He's 19, and Xander's like seven. That's just because Xander Schauffele's name is like a lot more distinct. Mm, I think Xander's got more pop, big time. I think he's got think way so? more pop than Patrick Cantley. Yeah, I think Xander, with the name and his look and all that, I think he is. He's just more intriguing. I think people are more Xander fans, way more so than they are Patrick Cantlay. I think Cantlay, for whatever reason, just comes off unbelievably vanilla. And I yeah. think Xander has a little – he's got a little substance, a little interest to him. I, I agree that they should be similar in, in terms of, like, their golf and, and they always play together, the whole deal. But I think Xander just, just – Boom, natural Q rating off the off knee-jerk reaction. Xander, way higher than Patrick. He's also Cantlay. everybody's guy to bet that they think is going to win a major. Like yeah. He's everyone's favorite. This guy's yeah, going to win this week, and that has to equate to why he's likable. Like Everyone just thinks of him when betting on major finishes, and they're like, oh, Xander's got to get one. They're like, no one's really saying that about Patrick. I'm sure they do that when he's got the hot hand. But And my, my other point to this pip would be, this is the second year in a row that that we've now seen that they need to have two separate competitions or categories. Like let the best golfers make a certain pool of money and then actually do a social media one. Like if you're trying to grow the game, stop like dancing around the fact that it's like one fifth of one fifth of whatever the pit program do a social media. Who's the most popular person amongst the young kids on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. You've got Bubba Watson was like trying to get his TikTok going because of the pip and like that stuff doesn't even like equate to anything. But the guy's really trying to grow the game and you have Kisner obviously and you've got Max Homa. So, like I said last year, this is my fucking free idea for the PGA Tour. Make it a poll. Make a poll, a literal voting poll. I mean, Elon Musk just did one for like the 45th president of the United States, it got like 16 million fucking votes. And now he's just back on Twitter. If you do that for golf, that would be so sick to see all the campaigns, like vote for me. Like who has the most reach? If Max Homa has the most reach and can get the most votes, he wins. That's like what it is. Like if he reaches the most people on social media and like completely swindles the vote to his way, then he fucking wins. He's the most elite social media player in golf. So why don't we just give like a million bucks or 2 million bucks so we can all get behind it. How fun, How much fun would that be? You got to live somewhere, folks. You might as well own it. Uh, unless you're more interested in paying someone else's mortgage. It's a good time to buy when you are ready to buy. This is the cross-country mortgage last question. CCM last question. That's where we're at right now. We have a favorite mortgage company. I think that's um, been made very clear, right? If for, I mean, if they changed Frankie's I, life, it seems like. Yeah, I'm in debt to them, uh, literally, fig- figuratively. Everything about them I love. I'm checking out that email I get, the home bot from Chris Devin, my personal 
mortgage guy. He sends me a report about my street, my town, my village, everything I need to know about my equity, the thing that I own. It's insane that some people don't have access to that. If you're not using cross-country mortgage, you do not have access to that. It's an amazing piece of technology that you have to know. It's a lot of money and it's also yours. So you have to like see what is it going up? Is it going down? You check your stocks all the time. Why are you not checking the house value? See if you qualify today, visit ccm.com slash barstool. Now, Cross Country Mortgage LLC, NMLS 3029, all loans subject to underwriting approval, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the CCM last question. So I got, I got my hands on some documents for you guys that I think you Here guys might go. find interesting. So I have, a, I have a ranking of how where everyone finished in every category. So top five social media okay try to try to name the top five social media guys in social media tiger woods tiger woods is number one uh justin thomas number two nicely done Riggs. very good um well i'm just looking at this list i'm gonna say rory Rory is number 11, which I, that doesn't really make any sense to me. I feel like he's got a lot of followers, but whatever. He's number 11. Three, three, mm. four, three you should get. Four, you mm. might not get. Five is a shock. I mean, is Max Homa in the top five? Max Homa's number three. Okay. See, I thought the way the tone was that I was going to be shocked because Max Homa wasn't going to be. Okay. Well, I'm just going to spoil. Number four is Jordan Spieth, who, again, I feel like doesn't isn't really big on social media. And number five is Shane Lowry. Well, who knows what he's doing over there? You know, he could be huge. Yeah. <laughs> number five is Shane Shane Lowry, number five. Colin Morikawa, number six. See, Spieth, I Number get, seven's like, not even on the did, list. Spieth did, like, uh, Sunday conversation with Caleb. Yeah, like, Spieth right. is out there. Like, there's no way he's not being viewed by the younger generation as, like, a cool guy. People fucking love Jordan Spieth. He's always on college game day. He's, like, always out there retweeting stuff. He's on all the commercials. He's got AT&T, the whole deal. So I can yeah, totally see true. Spieth. I mean, Shane Lowry for sure. So who, he beat Colin. Yeah, Colin was number six. Scotty Scheffler in uh, social media was 57th. But he was first in he was first in Nielsen, which means he was on TV the most, which makes sense. He's won everything, and he was oh, yeah. number two. He was number two in Google searches behind Tiger. Uh, I guess my biggest surprise overall would be how low Max was because not. I mean, I know I did my whole thing on social, but I, he won fucking a bunch, and he had the Presidents Cup. We were he was kind of the guy. The Presidents Cup was some huge putts and everybody likes him so i thought his combination of how well he played this year how much he did win and how good he was at the president's cup and how much he's on social would get him above uh tony finau or even a maddie fitz or a right. kids or i was Shane surprised, how high like, fitz I was was. surprised I, by that i couldn't believe how high fitz was because the guy doesn't yeah. do a single thing that he doesn't want to do like there, this was not even close to a thought in his mind and he just got five million dollars uh max finished 35th in q score which really hurt him but q score is kind of a dodgy one because I was, I was talking to i remember colin was complaining about this last year because they do q score at the beginning of the year they like measure it once and so if you have a good year your q score doesn't really change so pe- i guess people didn't really know who max homo was at the beginning of the year now a lot more it also tells know. you like how not real life twitter is right like yeah. Everyone who's into golf or sports at all who's on Twitter knows big time who Max Homa is. And the average Q score, you know, population, populace just doesn't or at least didn't at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, Tiger was one in Google search, one in Meltwater. I'm not, I don't exactly know what that one is. One in Q score, one in social media, and 41st in Nielsen. <laughs> one, oh, one, yeah. one, one, 41. Give me that 15 million, baby. That's the guy. Did you see we just got a tweet that someone received their Black Friday merch already? It's Sunday. I, I saw one of those away. yesterday. I saw one of those yesterday. What the hell's going what on? The, they're out what of control. What the fuck is going on right now? Talk about the merch team firing on all cylinders. I just tweeted at the guy, you ordered this on Friday, you have it today. Like, what is happening? That's the craziest non-barstool thing I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) AJ McCarron. How about AJ McCarron? You guys know AJ McCarron? I mean, we don't know him. We just know him as a football player. I mean, you guys might know know him. Well, you you saw what I'm talking about. He was wearing a barstool hat on the college football show on uh, ESPN. He was rocking a new barstool golf hat. Like, that's a pretty damn new one. Shout out to AJ McCarron if you're listening. Guy's a diehard. Support the brand. How the fuck did this guy get his merch already? I have no <laughs> idea. And then he just wrote, these pants are sick. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of positive reviews uh, on the uh, on the Unreal pants. People love the job. Oh, yeah, so we could see, obviously, what the, uh, the highest selling stuff was. And it's for sure just like all the things that we thought it was going to be. The Tiger <laughs> swing is for sure just always going to be king. Uh, you know, we I think love should that be in the rafters. Animal. We got to put that sweatshirt. In we the love rafters. that animal. It's the year of the tiger and just a tiger swinging a golf club is incredible. And then the apex cool. pants, man, the apex pants. We hyped them up so much. I said this a lot in videos that I posted that I'm more proud about this year than any other year. I felt like going into Black Fridays, it was always like, let's try and get as much as we can get out of this weekend. Like, let's put our logo on whatever we can, whether it's like an ornament that like sometimes breaks apart or like a t-shirt that would always shrink in the fucking wash. And like, I'd always get the merch sent to me. It's like, all right, like this hoodie is like not that comfortable. It's stiff, but at least our logo is getting out there. Our brand's getting bigger. This is and last year for sure too, but this year we took such a different, a major leap forward in actual quality of clothing. I mean, Every single item we have is as good of a piece of clothing as I own now. Like every single one, whether it's the hats, the hoodies, the crew necks, the pants, the socks are unbelievable. The shoes are G4. The belts are embroidered and woven. It's crazy how good woven. this stuff is. Woven. It's crazy. I have not stopped wearing these woven. Mac Weldon hoodies. I've just been switching from the gray one to the green one. I look woven at look at how thread. well the hoodie fold. I mean, that is that's what you're looking for on a hoodie is the fold around the neck. I mean, nah, what, it's crazy. what are the pockets like on that thing? Oh my god. It's Separated like, you're pockets. Like, you're like Tom Brady. You're like Brady and Foxborough, Cold Knight. You know, you're 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 tearing apart the 2009 Colts defense with one yeah. hand in each pocket. And the melon hats, they sold out of the trenches, and we still got the A games on sale. I mean, this is coming out on Tuesday, so if they survive through Black uh, Cyber Monday, I'd be stunned. But um, you got a lot of tweets that they're $70 hats. Like, that's what, if you go on melon.com, that's just what they charge. So it's like, that's, that's just the hat. So do you like walk into like Mercedes or like Chevy for their most expensive fucking cars and be like, why are you selling this? They're just going to be like, you can get the cheaper car. Like, we have another <laughs> model. You don't have to get the best one. Why are you yelling at me? I got I a bunch of tweets of people, people being like, this is insane. You've forgotten about the like the middle class man. It's like, no, we haven't. We have a hat that's for twenty dollars. This is just a seventy dollar hat. Like and you don't have to get it, it at all. It, it's a game changing hat. It's yeah, you don't have to buy it. We, you, no one's life is affected if you buy it or if you don't. We're gonna push it because we want to sell them. And if you don't want to buy it, you can buy the other one that's twenty eight dollars and just as good. It's a corduroy hat. The thing's unbelievable. That thing's selling out too. So I don't understand. Plus, it's also discounted. So it's not $70. It's $50. So the whole thing drives me insane. But it's been a very good Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I've just been very excited about the quality of the stuff. I'm just very proud of it. It's it's more about 
at the end of at the end of our careers, we can look back and say that we put out some really fucking good stuff as opposed to just throwing some, a logo on something. Some people think that we are like um controlling the price of like a loaf of bread and that they we just made the loaf of bread fifty seven dollars yesterday yeah. and now they have to get bread. Like they're not gonna be able to eat if they don't get right. bread. And it's our fault. So you're like, no, dude, like that's just this is one of the options. If you don't want to buy it, you just you just don't. Like you just yeah. Like you're wearing a Peter Millar thing right now, that new zip up that's coming out mm-hmm. on Cyber Monday exclusive. Like we're about to put that out tomorrow. When you're listening to this, it would already have been out. So hopefully that sells, but like Peter Millar is not discounted, and that's like that's their brand decision. They're like we are a premium clothing brand. We partner with them because that advances our brand. If we're if we are on Peter Millar, do you understand like how good of a look that is? That like if someone wants to wear our logos, they're also going to wear the best clothes in the market. That's insane. Yeah, we're, clo- we're clothes washing. We're clothes washing. We want right, to be but so. So if you want to wear that, like like it's an amazing amazing hoodie, like. That's like fucking expensive, but it's also the best Zippo putty you will own. Like that's what that's why they charge what they charge. It's the best quality. It's the most it's the most incredible material. So it's crazy you have to even explain this to people. I mean, a lot of them are just like Twitter egg absolute lunatics that just want to complain. Everyone else is just a normal person that just like either purchases it or doesn't. But I just had to get that out there. It's every year with these guys. It's get like, it off your chest, you know. It's like fucking it. insane. So yeah, the the sale is over at the time the show came out. Uh, but you could still go get the merchandise. And like mm-hmm. we said, some of the Peter Millar stuff, um, premium brand, they don't discount that. So you haven't missed anything. You could still just go purchase that or purchase anything that you like. If you just were like, hey, I'm such a fan. I don't want the discounted rate. I'm going to wait till Tuesday and I'm just going to buy it at 100%. You can do that as well now. So go to store.barcelsports.com. Shout out to our merch team. They just grind they're working all through thanksgiving through black friday through the whole weekend while we're talking about us puking on the side of roads out there Mm. they're getting the fucking website fired up so we can sling thousands of items of merchandise so shout out to that whole gang um 13th hole at augusta national the eureka satellite people who take all these pictures for the last couple years who are a great great follow on twitter um just you know revealed that the 13th t-box has been moved back it's been talked about forever i feel like since we've been publicly doing golf chit chat here that they we've been talking about if they're going to lengthen the 13th it appears that they have i actually yeah i don't think it's going to be as you know i saw some people being like oh it's going to take all the draw i think people guys just have to hit driver now it's kind of what it is before it, it got to the point where everyone was hitting three wood, especially if you're righty, because the way the drivers are now, they're hard to turn over. The three woods are a lot easier to turn over. Guys were hitting three wood, six iron, and it was basically playing like a mid length par four. It's still going to be reachable for everybody in the field. You just have to hit driver now, which I think makes that tee shot. You know, a lot of focus has been on what the second shot's going to be like. It makes that tee shot so, so, so much harder if you have to fit it in there and you have to turn it over. Before guys were just hitting three wood down the right and they were fine. All-time Barstool Sportsbook moment uh, a couple years ago. We had when DJ, I think the year that he won, but DJ pulled three-wood on 13, and we bet because <laughs> it was like, dude, at Augusta, these fucking guys are like minus 160 to hit fairways, mm-hmm. but he was like plus 150 to miss the fairway, and on 13, we hammered DJ to miss the fairway on 13, and he hits it, tees off. It looks good. And you see him start to lean a little bit at the end. And then they switch from watching DJ to the ball. And there's like a two second where the ball's in the air, but you don't know where it's going to yeah. land. And it landed like a foot into the rough. And everybody went crazy. But you're right. He probably had a fucking seven iron in from there. It wasn't a big deal. He was just an inch into the right rough. 
Um, so yeah, that whole, I'll always remember it for a million reasons, but for when we won that huge bet on the Barstool Sportsbook, um, I love it. I love that they're going to have to hit driver now. You're right. Um, I remember when Bubba won there the last time that he won there. I remember when he just he hit, it those, he hit it over those trees, a preposterous line, and yeah, had like a nine iron into that hole. Uh, so yeah, you should make him, make him have to turn it over there. Make a righty have to hit a good draw to get it through there. Or if they want to hit three wood and lay back, they might have a fucking really a long iron or a five wood or a three wood into that green on that slope. Good luck with that golf shot. So, um, so yeah, I think it's kind of inevitable they were going to do that, and I'm happy that they did. The walk back from 12 is going to be just even more daunting, I feel like, too. You kind of just go into your own world. Obviously, no fans are back there. They're all behind the tee box on 12. They always say it's like the most peaceful. You feel like you're at Augusta moment. You're just one within the trees, and now you have even more yardage to go back there. You're way tucked into this ridiculous hallway of trees that's going to be such a weird feeling for those guys going all the way back there yeah i think they've had this land for like three or four years they they took the land for or they bought the land from augusta country club which is kind of what they do and they decide they want to make their course longer they go to their neighbors at augusta country club and say here's a check you can take it or you can leave it and then they they tend to to take it um but yeah, no, it's both par fives. Because remember, they they lengthened 15 last year. It's like a 20 or 30 yards further. So Augusta's had to probably more than any other course, actually more than any other course, because they host the biggest golf tournament in the year of the year every single year. They have to update their golf course to to keep it relevant, to maintain a challenge for the best players in the world. And they've done a great job of doing that. Not every course can. Not every course can just write checks when they need to make their course bigger. But Augusta can, and we should be grateful for it. Man, I loved when Webb Simpson, Frankie, was talking about course changes and stuff. And he was talking about the 15th at Augusta. And he was talking about how it used to be a little bit annoying to him because if you hit it like 10 yards farther than somebody else, the ball didn't go 10 yards farther on that hole. It went 40 yards farther because you could land it on the downslope and it would kick way down and find a you know speed slot kind of. And he was very much... Uh, uh, um, you know, applauding the change that Augusta made, where now if somebody flies at 290 versus somebody flying at 310, it still lands in a relatively similar flat spot. And so that person's just 20 yards ahead of you instead of being 50 yards ahead of you. Um, and how he was like talking about how little intricacies and changes like that are very noticeable to players like him. It's something like that that I would have never fucking thought about my no, whole life. No, never. It was cool. It was really cool hearing him talk about it. Um, all right. From the gallery. We're going to do a little from the gallery action. We never do this, but I always say we're going to do this. Foreplay at barstoolsports.com. Email us. Subject from the gallery. I'll read it. If it's not too long, I'll read it. And if it's good, we'll put it on the show and maybe we'll talk about it sometime. I got a good one that I've had on this list for a while that I'm excited. Uh, Dan from Roseville. Favorite truly flavor, strawberry lemonade. He says, you only get one minute with the 2023 Sports Almanac. Almanac. What section are you flipping to in order to make the most money? Is is the, so the sports almanac's like a pre, like a predictive thing kind of thing, like the yeah, farmers almanac. Back to the future. Well, right. He's got the you have the twenty twenty three sports almanac right now. So you oh, have all I the see. results I of see. everything in sports. Yeah. You got one minute. Yeah, I think I think I'm just going to the Super Bowl and just seeing the final score and then just taking taking the other teams. Yeah. Right. It's like you got to no, really dude, try to retain go. as much information. What I would say is, dude, you go to like you go to each Sunday, basically during NFL season, you get through a couple of them as you can, and you just parlay all of them each week into a, a, a W. So you, I mean, if you just know 
the score of the yeah. game, or you know, I just don't know if I can remember that. I, I might go, yeah, I might go to the to the majors, the golf majors. Remember just four names who wins the majors, and then just parlay them with each other at the beginning of the year. That'd be insane. That'd be insane. Yeah, that might be a big one. That'd be. A I huge guess it one. would be hard to remember the exact score, it would but be hard. But man, that's the hardest like part. Could, is remember you have one minute. That's like the basis of his question is saying like you got to find something that you can really, really understand. I think if you, in the sports almanac, you would you would assume that there's a majors section and it's just lists it. It's just Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, and then you just <laughs> yeah, go Tiger on. Woods all four. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I mean, people yeah. aren't going to believe this when this happens. Yeah, that would probably be the easiest to remember because even then, if you got to like the PGA Tour section or whatever, you might be able to just find. 10 winners that you could probably remember, like who won the Memorial. I feel like you could just remember that. It's a pretty big tournament, whatever. Uh, and yeah, if you parlay those, but I was thinking a huge like parlay, if you could remember the exact score, Super Bowl is not a bad one. Um, or just remember yeah, but- the champion from each four major sports and parlay those. That's the most insane. I mean, your odds would be astronomical. True. true. <laughs> That's true. It'd be like a thousand dollar bet to win like 10 million to get every single. I mean, I, yeah, maybe not. Thinking- the, the the guys who won the majors this year were not was not really a surprise. I guess Fitz was a surprise, but I was thinking they were they're probably all in like the ten to one, eight to one range because you got Scotty, mm-hmm. JT, and Cam Smith were all like you know top five players when they won, so it wasn't that crazy. True. Yeah, JT was probably fifteen to one or something. I feel like. Yeah, Scotty was the favorite for sure. Or like, was yeah, he was on that favorites. heater. Yeah. He was on that absolute heater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really think about remembering. That's a problem. It would suck if you tried to do the NFL thing that I said, <laughs> and you just got one of them wrong, and you just make nothing. You're like, well, fuck, dude. <laughs> God damn it. You had one chance at it. Yeah, you just had one chance, and you blew it. Um, you guys got anything else? Anybody got anything that's pressing over here? Um, i trying to think. Just excited. Just excited for the hero, man. Bahamas, golf. I'm excited to ask Tiger some questions. You guys have anything you want me to ask any of the boys this week? When's Tiger gonna play us in four man scramble? Yeah. I'll ask Tiger. I'll ask I'll ask Steiny. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll answer like super reasonably and be like, Oh yeah, anytime. Perfect. I love that. I'm jealous. I'm jealous you're gonna be there. I like that we're you know, we're everywhere. We got Cyber Monday crew, we got fucking Barstool Classic Championship in Arizona crew, we got Hero World Challenge crew, we got people all over the place. This is what we're trying to do. Trying to be everywhere at once. That's right, we're taking over. Fucking taking over. All right, well, Frankie, I'll see you in Scottsdale Tuesday. Yeah, so Monday, doing Cyber Monday, and then flying right out with Trent, going for the championship round Tuesday at Scottsdale, and then flying right back on Wednesday, and the whole thing just keeps going. So, yeah, it's it's this is the busy time of December. I cannot wait to be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look at- I'm gonna look at Christmas villages right now. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm gonna do when we're done. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a lot of we'll have a lot of updates on Thursday. Uh we'll get live on the boots reaction from Dan and what's going on. We'll have a Barcelona Classic Championship. We'll have wrapped up. So a lot of good stuff coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. <laughs>